Drake Digital with Drake West and Sid in the morning and the afternoon. Hear all the shows at drakehallmemphis.com. Okay, we have, um, you know, bear stories every day in someone's backyard. Oh, it's just a bear, Mom, no big deal. Or a cougar <laughs> or monkeys running around. Check this out. This is from Upper Marlboro, Maryland. This girl uh, was in her home gazing out the window. She did a, a double take, stunned and excited. She ran to get her mom and say, Mom, there's a zebra in the backyard. Wow. Oh, my goodness. She thought it was a deer, and then she saw it was a zebra. She says, a whole zebra, as opposed to pieces <laughs> of one, right next to our playground, right next to the fence. So she runs upstairs and said, Mom, there's like a zebra outside our playground. And her mom said, you're crazy. The kid's name is Layla. Her mom went and saw it and went, there wasn't just one, there were three. Wow. She called uh, the police number and she said, um, ma'am, I am not drinking. I am not on drugs. I have zebras in my backyard walking on the train tracks. Can somebody come and get them before they get hit by a train? Right. Mm-hmm. So they called the dad and he said, how in the world could there be zebras? Empty question, dad. We can see them right now. So they are owned by some kind of a farm in the area legally and they escaped. They were in a field hanging out, and they um, were captured and returned to their rightful owner. Can you just imagine that? I mean, we see deer around here. You do, too. But looking out, you know, you're just in your house, and you look out somewhere, and there's a freaking zebra out there. I mean, what would you do? I don't know. (laughs) You know? I don't know about that. Um, But that would be a little bit of a surprise, I would think even in Maryland. Um, (laughs) Yeah. All right, Wes, potholes, always a fun topic in Memphis, uh, but this guy had enough and did this, which is really funny. Yep, Brian Raymond owns Progress and Pride Fitness Group that is located on Honda Drive in Fort Myers, Florida. It's a private road, and it's a private road in bad condition. For a while, his security cameras of his uh, place have captured problems along the street, like floodwaters causing this trash bin to float away. There have been uh, other things, and potholes, potholes after potholes. He's seen so many cars hit this one particular big one on the street and bottom out, and he's gotten concerned. And because this is a private street, the county says it's the business owner's job to maintain it. It's not ours. Right. So the tax the taxpayers haven't paid for the road. The taxpayers don't pay for the upkeep. All the business owners. So he has said he decided to alert people to this pothole. He's planted a banana tree in it. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Those are kind of big. Yeah, he said the they idea. Big, yeah. The idea of planting a banana tree ripened ha, ha, in his mind after having to fill holes in the street <laughs> with cement multiple times. So it sounds like this guy is the only one. Uh, trying to maintain this street in any way. And he says, it's an attention-grabbing repair. I guess so. I he says, if we have to maintain it and make sure nobody gets hurt, we are uh, we're going to put something obvious out there to make sure no one gets in that hole. And then they quote some people who have uh, seen it and said, I love it. I think it's hilarious. We should have more of these. <laughs> you shouldn't. You should have better streets. Yeah, but, exactly. Uh, Fix the damn pothole. Yeah. I think it's sending a message. This other guy says, I pulled up and I'm like, is that really a tree in the middle of the road? And uh, yes, yes, it is. And I, I say good for him, you know. He's doing yeah. something anyway. Apparently no other business on that street is bothering to do anything about it. So he's got their attention now. So good, good. for you, Brian Raymond. Good to go. I uh, saw this last night and thought this was uh, kind of interesting. We live in uh, just just very, very strange times for a number of reasons. None uh, is as arresting and important, it seems, as the intensity of the weather, the environment, climate change, dare we say it, 
I still can't believe there are people that want to argue this point, but there are. And they're the same people that want to argue that the COVID-19 vaccines don't work. Um, so forget all of that nonsense. Um, the severity of what's happening in the world as it relates to the raging fires on the West Coast still, uh, Hurricane Ida, which has left behind a, a disaster uh, in New Orleans and the areas that are in that, you know, just they were in the path of that thing. And on the East Coast, in New York, or it's still a, just a damn mess. Uh, Haiti earthquakes, an earthquake yesterday in Mexico that was a, a 7, I believe. So, yes, there have always been natural disasters. Always. Uh, but the ones that happen and have, have happened the past, let's say, decade, they get worse and worse and worse. Uh, June or July, one or the other, are perhaps even... Uh, you know, both of them were the hottest months on record ever. So if you can look at all these things and still say, oh, it's just the weather, it goes in cycles. Okay, well, good for you. Uh, please go away. Uh, so the story, uh, it, it just basically says that uh, the worst is yet to come, which is not hard to believe because it's developed and evolved into a disaster a week. Uh, in this country, and it's uh, it's you just and the world, and it's impossible to walk away and hide yourself, but you, but you can and you do. So, so in a grim uh, scenario of the future, uh, some website here asks where will the worst and best places to live be as time goes by. Uh, this is a place called uh, ProPublica. Uh, they looked at the data given to them by the Rhodium Group, who examined everything from the sea level rise to, to the temperatures across the U.S. to figure out the most and least at risk, um, not cities, but uh, counties to live in, using projections for the years uh, 2040 to 2060. Now, that's 20 years from now, but so just consider that their assumption based upon science, which we all know is a bunch of crap, uh, that um, this will get worse every year until we get to about 2040 when it may uh, or may not still be uh, here on the planet like any of us. Um, so here are the worst places to be as time goes by and the best. All right. Okay. Now, some of the ones, that um, the most at at risk counties include and they're a little bit diverse but not really um, Beaufort County South Carolina which is on the coast I okay. think that makes and sense. I believe that's where uh, Pat Conroy was from oh. the 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 uh, great writer and that would make it uh, near Charleston this lovely town there then it jumps down to Arizona uh, P-I-N-A-L County, uh, Pinal. I assume it's there because of the incredible heat they encounter in that state. And then it goes on to St. Saint, Saint Martin's uh, down in um, Louisiana, uh, Colleton County in South Carolina. That's two right there. Then uh, Wakula County in Florida. I don't know where that is. Uh, and the rest of them are in Louisiana. Uh, all the parishes around New Orleans and around the entire state. The last one on the list is Jackson County, Mississippi. Wow. As a future really bad place to be, I guess based upon conclusions that as hurricanes and such move up, that's where they kind of begin to slow down. But Jackson got hit pretty hard by uh, Ida too. Now, Here's where you need to move if you want to move. <laughs> and <laughs> okay. this is in this is in two states, all these counties. One, two, three, four, five, uh, ten of them. They're all in Maine or Vermont. And there is uh, one in New York, upstate huh. Hamilton County. Maine or uh, Vermont. I, I guess that their biggest issues involve snow. Uh, but oh, not hurricanes, not fires. So Maine and Vermont is where you should plan to go live 
and not Louisiana. I thought Oregon would be on that list, and I have a very short list to They're add to that. They're all too high to care. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I have a very short list to add to that that I saw this morning and picked out the ones around here. Uh, the drunkest counties in each state. Oh, good. Okay. In Arkansas, yeah. Benton County. Holla. That's uh, all the that Walmart is. owners. They're, they're so oh, rich they yeah. just stay drunk all the time. Yeah. In in Mississippi, George County. Where's that? I don't know. I have to look it up. And I would of course, just say every county. I know. In the state, and of, yeah. And of course, in Tennessee, Knox County, the drunkest county in the state. Good well, old well, right. top. <laughs> <laughs> they stay drunk because so. their football team has sucked for so many years. <laughs> I know. But they're trying. Bless their heart. <laughs> that orange, that puke color orange. I hate uh, that um, orange. Anyway, back in a moment, this is Drake Digital. It turns <laughs> out, uh, oddly enough, that cows can be potty trained as easily as toddlers. Really? Um, I'm trying to picture the size of the litter box in the house <laughs> uh, maybe this is not meant to be that way but Sid has the story they tested 11 out of 16 cows and they are, are, are that, that, uh, that uh, number and the majority of them learned to use the moo-loo <laughs> when they had to go tell the story Sid yeah uh, just like some parents, the research, researchers had like a treat to give them to coax them through a gate to pee in a special pen so they don't mm-hmm. have a litter box. Thank God, because I ain't scooping that. Uh, nope. They take them to a pen. And it only took 15 days to train the, the calves. Um, wow. You know, I mean, gosh, people take a lot longer than that. Kids take uh, about two, three years. <laughs> two, three years. Yeah, some maybe. The cows are at least as good as children, this, this, uh, this researcher says, age two to four years, at least as quick. Um, this, is, this happened at New Zealand's University of Auckland, and they worked with colleagues on the tests in an indoor animal research lab in Germany, is actually where it is. Um, they say it's a problem because cows pee, get this, eight gallons a day. That's how much they pee. And then, for a cow. and then, yeah. and then, with their poop and stuff, and all this, you know, uh, uh, in 2019, nitrous oxide comprised seven percent of all U.S. greenhouse gases, according to the EPA. So it can taint the water with nitrates and create the airborne pollutant nitrous oxide. Urine contains nitrogen, so when it's mixed with feces, becomes ammonia. It's all bad. So that's why they're trying to, I guess, not really contain it, but at least teach them, where, you know, where to go in a special place instead of just all over the world. But um, they, yeah, they coax them into the pen, and they wait till they pee, and then they give them a reward, uh, like a sweet liquid of mostly molasses, it says, because they have a sweet uh-huh. tooth. So they, it worked uh, in 11, it says they had, uh, when they had to uh, pee, 11 of them pushed, the, pushed into the pen, did their business, and got their reward. So was this done entirely as just let's see what happens or now do these cows need to find a home to be placed in to live there and then they'll uh, pull them outside to pee and give them a treat and they come <laughs> back into Netflix and chill with you. I, I, don't, I have no idea what this means. What's I, the point? I, I think maybe, I mean, that's the end of the story, but maybe they're trying to show that cow farms, you can do this too. Because all the bad things that it creates in the environment when they pee and poop, they're, they're, maybe they hope that farms will adapt this. It doesn't really say in the story. If you think one that, spot of the farm. That or, these yeah. farmers are going to take all their livestock and teach them how to pee in a certain place to save the environment, well, that's not going <laughs> to happen. Yeah, I don't uh, know. Wesley, what do you have on this lovely note? Anything of... I don't have like a, a weird animal story, but I do have a weird science story. The one about tiny swimming robots that may be a big yeah, help in cleaning this. up microplastics in the ocean. This came from chemists in the Czech Republic, and what they've done is to make these microbots that they say are no bigger than the tip of a sharpened pencil. 
They're magnetic, they're shaped like stars, and there's a whole lot of science in this story, but the gist is they're coated with this thing that will react with sunlight, and that reaction will propel them through the water, and because of the way they're made, they will, when they encounter a piece of microplastic, which are these little teeny bits of plastic, uh, about a size maybe of a pencil eraser, if that big, are everywhere, especially in the ocean, and they will but these robots these micro robots when they find one will it says glom onto it so they just Mm. attach to it and Mm. the plastic that the the thing that they're made of will start breaking down the plastic and because these robots are also magnetic once they find one of these microplastic pieces they'll start eating it down breaking it down and they're also going to be able to get uh, gathered at the end of the day by, I guess, the scientist or whoever going around the area in a boat with a magnet to just scoop them all up. And that gets the microplastics started to break down and out of the ocean, and it lets these robots get reused. Cool. Hmm. So hmm. this is they, hmm. uh, they've only gotten as far as the proof of concept stage, so they know it works. Now the thing is how to scale it to a really useful uh, size where it will do some real good. But it works. It just has to be scaled up. For water bottles. Uh, That's awesome, though. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. You know, I could get okay. into the science and throw out words like bismuth vanadate and uh, other <laughs> chemical reactions. And, but nah. uh, <laughs> Let's don't you know, make our listeners, all four of them, unhappy with those big words. That's, that's always a problem. It's always a problem. Wesley, what else do you have on your list? It's, it's, you had pretty stuff that wasn't like the news. Oh, I've got wonderful stuff that's not like the news. This one has stuck around in my head for a couple of days. It's two stories about how uh, sexual harassment in the animal kingdom and how two species deal with it. This first first of the two headlines is female octopi throw things at males that are harassing them. This started with a study in Sydney where uh, this guy who studies octopi or uh, found what he calls it octopopolis which is this, a place where there's a huge number of octopuses or octopi. Octopuswa. Octopuswa. Yeah. Is that it? Okay. I'll yeah. try to remember that or not. Okay. The, the cameras are set up. It says captured fights and matings <laughs> and octopuses throwing shells and uh, silt in a way that suggests that they intentionally target and often hit other octopi. And they didn't know how to describe it. They is say they hold their silt or algae or shells under their bodies and then they angle their siphons, shoot a jet of water at those which propel them up several body lengths and often hit these other octopi coming at them. And it's mostly apparently being done when there are male octopi trying to get it on and mate with the females who are not in the mood for it. Hmm. And there's this which one... Which most of the time, yeah. Yeah, well, there's this one that threw silt 10 times at a male from a nearby den. She hit him on five occasions, and that's all it took. And he tried to duck well, a couple, got hit too many times, and he took off. And, and turned uh, gay. <laughs> maybe so, but it's not like there's a shortage of octopi in the world right now, so far as I know. No Back means off, no, bro. bro. Yes, Back right. off, bro, or I'm going to crop dust you. Or I'll, or I'll bring out the shell. Mostly they do the silt, but they've got the shells ready, and sometimes we'll do those too, I guess, of the uh, octopi is particularly takes. hard-headed, which is unusual for an octopus, but nonetheless. I told you no. I meant no. That's okay, right. bye-bye. Funny. The other headline is female hummingbirds. Morning, FedEx. In- How you doing, boys? Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> female hummingbirds dress in male plumage to get harassed less. Specifically, they're talking about the white-necked Jacobin hummingbird. Then the it's, it says it's the usual case. The females are more drab generally than the males, and that's mm-hmm. the way it mostly works in the uh, bird kingdom, I guess. And but then they found that there's about thirty percent of adult females who grab feathers or something and look like males. And it says, our tests found that the typical less colorful females were harassed more than uh, females with male-like plumage because the male plumage females experience less aggression. They get to feed more, which is a clear advantage. They can spend about 35% longer at the feeders than the typical males. And they monitored monitored hummingbird (laughs) behavior and found the ones in general with female plumage received more aggressive and sexual attention. 
And so these ones that look more maleish avoid the bullies by looking like them. And there's other hummingbird species that uh, feature the same sort of effect. So basically, cross-dressing hummingbirds get to eat more. <laughs> that cracks me up. I'm trying to eat and watch the game. Will you please quit buzzing around my head? Well, oh, I know. Man. If you see a feeder, if you <laughs> if you have a feeder, you see like the ones that are really drab and color and then you see like the the bright you know ruby throated ones that's got to be the yeah you know, it's so that cracks me up they they have been out in i mean huge huge numbers back mm -hmm. here and we have a giant window in the kitchen that overlooks uh the uh, backyard and um so earlier in the season my wife put up uh this this uh, green tape because they were crashing into the window and dying oops Aww. so um uh, so we so she hung this little um, heart shaped kind of a crystal little you know pretty thing that hangs down below the window and they mm -hmm. see that and they think it's a feeder oh, so they're no. <laughs> you know dive bombing this deal and it's not going well for them <laughs> oops um, so the tape is back up uh, for those yeah. things but they are they are everywhere and they what is the the a natural rule that if you see See two. There are there are probably about twelve more out there with them, uh, or something. They're everywhere. And, yeah, um, but you're supposed to put the feeders t at least ten feet apart if you have more than one because they're oh, so yeah. territorial. We do that. Oh yeah, they uh, yeah, and they're so teeny and um, just you know gorgeous, and proof that there is uh, is is some kind of a higher power. Those things are just just gorgeous and magical to watch. This is Drake Digital. One more indication that smart devices are watching you everywhere and violating your privacy. Computer scientists warn. This is not a new warning, not a new story. But I'll give you an example of how this is exactly true. Uh, we have no Alexas in this house. We each have a telephone. We have televisions. In the kitchen, one in the living room, one in the bedroom, one up here, and uh, two laptops, and just the usual stuff everybody has to function in today's world. Now, uh, many people have Alexas and other toys, that, and they have the doorbell thingers, mm -hmm. and uh, the little instruments and tools that we think make our lives easier. Um, the story begins... Do you ever get the this vibe that you're being watched? Um, new scientist, it's a report, uh, blah, blah, there's always a new report. You're right, only it's not someone watching you, it's something. And that thing is smart technology. This is a paper from the University of Maryland, uh, and they warn that billions of digital things are scanning and sensing your movements every day, some of them are right are right in front of you. Television, cars, your refrigerator, uh, and this goes on and on. And it's not any kind of new news to anybody. But here's an example of how prevalent this is in the world. This is this house is not full of smart stuff, except for maybe the people sometime, at least one of them, uh, and a few of the animals, <clears throat> but. We were talking last week downstairs, and my wife has been putting on the game show network during the day just to block out the noise of the real world. And on that note, I want to also uh, tangent off in a minute about soap operas and what they have become in this day and time where we're banning books in schools about homosexuals and LGBTQ and what I saw on days of our lives. That's a different story for a little bit. Don't let me forget. Okay. So we're downstairs talking, and Gene Rayburn, who only you old people will know, he hosted The Match Game. He hosted a bunch of other TV shows back in the day. And the Game Show Network shows older game shows, and they show newer game shows. And it's a way, when you finally watched everything from Friends and Cheers and Taxi and all of that stuff, just to pop it on there for background noise. So she was telling me that she had just watched a segment 
where they had to name a person called Robinson. And the uh, I guess that it was not the guest hosts or the guest stars, but the contestants. And their first one, no, th- th- this show is from the 1970s. And um, the first guest was Mrs. Robinson from okay. the song yeah. by Simon and Garfunkel. Yeah. And the, somebody finally guessed, um, I guess the, the, the other guess was Smokey right. Robinson. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then the number one guess was Jackie Robinson, the first black man to integrate the game and to be an incredible star and a legend in his own, own time. And he broke the barrier of color in the game. So they go through this rigmarole and they get the answers. And then Gene Rayburn asked the panel, among them Richard Dawson, remember him? He was on Hogan's yeah. Heroes. Right. And then spent the majority of his life on game shows. Um, so Gene Rayburn, who was the host, uh, asked them, Who is Smokey Robinson? Now, this is in the mid-late 70s. Huh. When he didn't know, he, he didn't know who. And Richard really? Dawson says he's a rock and roll star. And we laughed and laughed. And um, end of that part. So, so last night in the kitchen, she shows me what has come up on her, some news feed or something. And it was an album by Smokey Robinson uh-huh. on her phone. <laughs> so weird. everything that we said in the kitchen in that discussion led to somebody wanting to sell her an album by Smokey Robinson. If that doesn't creep you out, I don't know what the hell will. It's it, That is so weird. I have Because I don't know why it does it for some things and why it doesn't for others. I, for others, I, yeah. Yeah, I tried this. I... I brought our phone, uh, both of our phones, into the kitchen once just to see, talking about how we needed a new stove. Our stove is getting old. Perhaps we should think about getting a new stove. Where do you get new stove? How much would a new stove cost? I have yet to see any stove ad anywhere. Hmm. Who was the guy that we had that, um, the story was from this year, he was in the bathroom talking about razors or something, and it popped up on his phone. But just to be in your house with your wife having a conversation about an individual human being and suddenly it's on your phone two days later. Yeah, so is your smart TV talking to your smartphone or something? That is I can I see I don't know. I can see, you know, looking for a product and then, the, you know, similar or the different brands of that product pop up the next day as you're searching for something. I can see that. But that's, yeah, from your TV to your phone, that's crazy. It says for all these smart devices to do their job, they need a connection to the Internet so they can uh, correlate all the data they're gathering on you. Well, in that room is a, is a fridge, a TV, a laptop, a phone, a stove. Um, for example, a smart thermostat in your house spends its entire day uh, getting all the info on you and your preferences. However, without the internet connection to see the weather forecast, the thermostat cannot decide how to properly set the temperature in your home. This is just the tip of the iceberg. This goes on uh, and says that devices which gather data on everything that people do infiltrate our workspaces, malls, and cities. Now, that's on a grand scale. In fact, the internet of of things, IOT, is already widely used in transport, logistics, agriculture, and farming, and car making, and all that stuff. There were around 22 billion internet, you know, just that, that, that many things in the world, some devices, in 2018. By 2030, 50 billion that will be in action. So the days of privacy in anything are gone unless you live in a cabin in the woods with no tv and no phone and no laptop 
which may be the smart move. Um, (laughs) Smart light bulbs monitor your sleep and your heart rate. Your smart vacuum actually can map out the interior of your home as it uh, avoids hitting objects that it knows are there. So Big Brother is the is is really here and has been for a long time. Orwell was not that far off. Pretty yeah. pretty pretty interesting stuff, but yeah, it's it's it strikes me as more like a whole lot of little brothers. That are just, yeah, just yeah. spying on you like little siblings always do. Hey, but they always gather at one central post, though it seems that has to be there for them to all, you know, coagulate, if you will, yeah. and become one. <laughs> um, I, but I would, I wouldn't mind putting my vacuum on GPS like they do for tr- on tractors and making it vacuum itself. Hell yeah! I just saw a thing where um, <laughs> this uh, truck driver shortage is going to. Um, initiate no drivers in trucks. That should go well. Um, nobody driving these gigantic semis except some AI thing in the seat or in the... Uh, this is Drake Digital. How to use the two-week rule to become remarkably successful. Here's Wes. Yeah, I found this article in Inc. magazine, and it it starts out by telling the story of this guy who wanted to, in about three months, do some kind of ultra-marathon deal over hills and mountains, and so he got a trainer, and the trainer said, dude, I'll give you the training program for two weeks, and yeah, I I think that was part (laughs) of the quote. This damn plane is just distracting me. Okay, so back to dude. All right. And so he... Asked him, so what's what's the deal with two weeks? He said, well, if you do two weeks, then we'll talk. And it got the uh, writer of this article to thinking. And what it is is that a lot of people have a big goal that they want to do. And they show that uh, not a whole lot of people actually achieve these big goals. And he says, partly it's because we know ourselves better than anyone. We know what we like. We know what we don't like. We know our habits and routines. And we know our limits. But most of these limits are self-imposed because change is hard. So if you're trying to go for a big goal, hmm. it's adding something new to a packed schedule. It gets hard to do the process, the routine uh, you create yourself for yourself. He says, it doesn't work so much because so many people start slow and start soft and start with a safety net. And so after a few hmm. days, they don't see progress. They don't have you know, much uh, faith that this is going to work out. And so they just uh, you know quit. So his point here is commit to two weeks. Pick something you want to achieve, create a daily process or routine that you're going to follow for just just two weeks, because you can do anything for two weeks. And you just think about what you've got to do today, not what you're, you're, you're what you've got to accomplish uh, in the next week or two weeks, just what you've got to do today. And at the end of the two weeks, you'll know whether or not you, you want to keep going. And it sounds like the one day at a time concept it, about kicking booze or pills or glue or yeah, kind of. But <laughs> what he what he's saying is, you, you pick your goal, you commit to two weeks, and it, because if you can't, if you end up, you can't do this for two weeks. You just, you know, don't want to, and you have no follow through. It by day four, you just say, I'll skip today, or never mind. It just means that that big goal didn't mean enough to you to want to keep working for it, which is okay, because it just means that you know that wasn't the big thing that you want to do. Find other, find something else big you want to do, and work out a plan for two weeks for that. So, the uh, the idea is if you can do it for two weeks, the odds are good that with time and effort you can achieve this big goal that you really want to do. But if you can't do it for two weeks, it's it's just something you don't want hard enough. It it sounds to me that um, your age and your aspirations, what you've already accomplished. Uh, and at a certain age, your goal is to stay healthy and not die. Right. Um, and the idea of staying healthy, I think, should be in place for everybody because if you don't stay healthy and if you eat a bunch of garbage and don't take care of yourself at all, that leads to more consequences than people seem to understand, like diabetes and cancer and all the funky things that we don't want to see our parents or our friends die from. 
Um, but as you get older, uh, the things that you want to accomplish, either in your 60s or your late 50s or whatever, in your 70s, either you've done it or you haven't. And you carry around some regret, maybe, that you were lazy and didn't try hard enough, or that you messed up this you know, friendship or something like that. Those things can maybe, on occasion, be repaired. But at some point in your life, the goals you set are quite different than the ones you have well, at sure. 35. Um, yeah. They're a lot different. So, but, but it still can work for whatever. I mean, if you're, say, 20, and you your goal is, I want to become Cut internet famous <laughs> and, and have a uh, YouTube following of a million people and you know, have that be, yeah. be my income. Then yeah. you can for two weeks. What are you going to do every day? You, you got to do something to work toward that goal. And if you can, like I don't know, commit yourself to making a new video every day, or ha write, uh, you know, commit yourself to the process of having a new video up every other day, and you can follow through on that for two weeks. Then just keep going. By then, you've you've started to figure out how this is going to work into your schedule and how you're going to prioritize it. Yeah, I, uh, I yeah, guess I, see I, mean, that. I just I see that. I mean, in this in this life at this point in 2022, considering all the things happening around us and in our personal lives, I think that it is a great goal to set uh, to to be happy on some level, to take care of your wife or your husband and to love them and to cherish every moment of that. Uh, take care of your kids if they're, you know, just to stay close to them Um and help them however you can. Uh, but just to, you know, stay on a path that leads you to happiness every day. That's harder said than done. And that's not an easy task. Just, yeah, because just being happy is a bitch. Well, it, it, it also you know, depends <laughs> on a lot of other things. Depressed. Too, because yeah. a, a lot of people might, you know, want to do that with their lives. But in the very short term on a day-to-day -day basis, what makes them happy is sitting on the couch watching TV and eating Cheetos all day. Exactly. Yeah. That I, doesn't doesn't really work toward that goal, but it makes them happy in the short term, which may speak And they're about, dead at 40 from eating too many Cheetos. So, so once again, it, it <laughs> yeah. depends upon where you are um, in your life's journey. You know, what is your goal when you're uh, 35? It's to, you know, conquer the world. You have a lot of time to work on it, you think. Then one day you wake up and it's 30 years after that. And right. you go, uh, okay, now what? But And your yeah, goals change. But you've got it. But if you have a goal for a particular project that you want to do or a particular thing that you want to, to reach, give it these two weeks to see if that's something that you want bad enough to put in the work to do. I say give it two hours and then quit. Two hours. It kind of reminds me of if you have clothes in your closet or something in your house that you haven't used in, what do they, what do they say, a year? A year, yeah. You don't need it. Get rid of it. Yeah. Or donate it or whatever. That's why that most people but, like us have closets full of stuff that should have been tossed out and a garage full of crap that should have been tossed out. But the world's not going to end if it isn't done this week. Yeah, well, and see, keep that's putting also, it off and put, and then then you get to a, a a certain point, you take your wife and the animals, leave and burn the house down, and the problem is solved. <laughs> and then start a new new life as the Chadworths in Pensacola. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. But, to, back, back to back to Sid's point though. Yeah, you know, I've got stuff in my closet. I I haven't touched for probably a couple of years but there i don't are things it, in your closet we don't even want to know about well, be, beyond that <laughs> physically that's and true. in your brain <laughs> beyond that though having a you know, very neat up-to-date uh, closet with nothing going to waste is not any kind of big goal of mine so i'm not no, putting in the two weeks of work to clean it up because no. it, it's just not that important to me if it's important to you know someone else then you know give it those two weeks to you know, work every day to get that closet the way you want it. I enjoy having order in the chaos. And that means that in my space up here, um, I like things to, well, it's this, this office is, um, it's not, it not it, it's in the order that I like it. Uh, to some people, it would be entirely uh, too chaotic. But there are books stacked everywhere and pictures and things that, are, but, to, but to me, it's very comfortable. 
um, in the in my little bathroom area. That closet in there isn't a, a a disaster. There's towels and stuff to clean with and crap like that. And there are two clothes closets up here that have got more clothes, um, some new, some that are in that have, that have not been touched in a decade at least. Tuxedo jackets and sport jackets mm-hmm. and shirts still from the dry cleaners and pairs of shoes I haven't worn in forever. But they're there and I don't, and they're fine where they are. They're behind two doors. I can't see them. Therefore, I'm going to worry about it. They're in now, a pile. In my, now, in my personal space here, I keep this in, in some kind of order, and I wipe it down almost every day, and it's neat. It's my stuff, and I know where it is. Um, other than that, and the garage, once you know spring comes, and you, can, you can get all the crap out of there, all the plants oh, yeah. and all the implements, and have some you know room to move, then you can start to... But I'm just not going to obsess anymore over well, everything being perfect. Well, see, that's the, and that's your thing. It it's not that important to you to have everything just perfect in the closet. But no. some people have to have everything in order in the closet or in the garage or have a Christmas tree where the wires don't show on the decorations. Oh yeah, everyone obsessive picks, compulsive. Oh god, I hate that. Everybody everyone has their thing. <laughs> everyone picks the things that are important to them. Yep. That's, you don't have to. You two don't have to. Oh, men don't shop for clothes. I mean, I had to have it in three I years either. For, but, but if I do want something, I go online and I buy it there. I haven't you, walked into into any store to buy clothes in so long because I don't I don't need to. I have clothes here for every occasion, but my outfit every day is not really an outfit. <laughs> outfit is you know boxer shorts and a t shirt, or you know, basketball shorts. I I don't need to impress anybody. Right. I like to look okay for my wife, but I'm not going to put on a, you know, long-sleeved start shirt and some khakis just to sit my ass up here for what? Right. Well, uh, you should. No, I'm kidding. But no, Please. I mean not not <laughs> not to look good for anybody, but just like if you even go get one shirt. I mean, I I gotta I've got to clear. I've got to go through stuff that I have from like college in there just to make freaking room for if i go my, buy a one pair my of poor jeans wife has got or something so much stuff and she wants to get rid of it but just the idea of beginning it i think is just, just you know weighs you down but she has you know clothes and shoes as but but just to get them all packed up for the goodwill is a pain in the ass i know i did and some watching recently, tv is hard. easier so or just <laughs> But you know she what? has a this entire household to keep under control, which she does a fantastic job with. When you have six animals and my dumbass hanging God around, bless. that's a full time job. Six, I would die. Um, yeah. <laughs> so you know everybody has their priorities, and they change as you get older, and your goals and aspirations right. for every day, uh, just to be happy and to be thankful and not be anxious and depressed. Those are my goals. And um, that's a pretty short list. But once you have that foundation, you can go from there if you so choose and do something else. Uh, But for the time being, I'm content to do what we do every day. Although there are some perilous things on all sides of us. Uh, that make it difficult sometimes, but yeah. that's just the way life but is. I'll, I'll use this as an example. Uh, when it you know came around to the point of we had a chance to you know build this radio station, it took a lot of work, and mm-hmm. this but but it was something we all three wanted to do, so we all three put in the work. And two weeks after we started, we saw considerable progress and knew that yeah, we can do this. We just have to keep doing the work. Yes. And good, if you don't have point, yeah. ha- have a, a passion for the work, you can't do it. And that's we are what not the- doing this for the money. I assure you of that. <laughs> we are doing this for the for the passion. Um, just for me, it is a return to where I started, and that to mm-hmm. me is the biggest gift I've gotten out of this whole thing. Was the gift of being able to play all kinds of music on the radio like we all used to hear it a long time ago and not be, you know, um, 
under the spell and the claws of some corporate machine that has no idea what it's doing as they watch their careers die. Um, we have the you know freedom and the chances to uh, with very you know patient people and us being patient too, which is a new gift I've learned, kind of. <laughs> um, yes. But it brings us you know joy and it's fun and people seem to like it. That to me is enough payment over money any day. Just the See? freedom to 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 just to enjoy what I'm doing and not hate the world every day because I have to work within a structure compiled by sociopathic morons that I don't want to be anywhere around and would work for free to avoid them. See, we reached a goal and we didn't even realize it. There we go. See? <laughs> and and P.S., another goal is people, find us on YouTube and subscribe to the channel because we really do have a YouTube channel and we really do make videos and that was a good, good thing that you said, Wes. Well, I couldn't think of the word. Okay. <laughs> A good thing, a good, a good, thing. Uh, a good uh, analogy, oh. I guess. Oh, example, oh. yeah, <clears throat> example, yeah, example. Yeah, that's so. my goal to is to be on YouTube constantly, someplace. It's the Jesus brand. Keep killing me. Look, yeah, we got a brand. We got brands on the ass. We got Facebook, and that is the coolest thing ever. <laughs> and we got the gram or Insta, however you want to roll with that. Mm -hmm. All this other crap that doesn't mean anything to anybody, but it's still there, and it's all part of playing the game with this deal. So we do it and we be quiet about it. Yeah. So uh, good luck with your goals, man. Yeah. Back in a moment, this is Drake Digital. Top 10 familiar but problematic words and phrases that people want banished. Okay. Now, now some of these, I, um, I agree with all of them. I'm not sure what some of them mean. Uh, but they miss some, which I'm sure we can come up with extras. Uh, but there's just, what, is there eight or nine or ten? Let me scroll down here. Eight. There's ten. Okay. Here here are the things that should go away. I don't know what, I don't get this one. Wait, what is number one? Oh, okay. When, yeah. That, Explain. And the exclamation of surprise is like, wait, what? Okay. I have not noticed that. Um, yeah, well, I don't know how just, you haven't. <laughs> you just what? probably say what instead of wait what. <laughs> yeah. It's the same thing. Okay. Uh, number two is no worries. You're not Crocodile Dundee. So cut it out. Um, but I guess I mean, it's a, a, a consoling no problem. It beats no yeah, problem. Don't worry about yeah. it. Yeah, it beats no problem. Don't worry about it or no worries. I don't know. This one should have been gone a long time ago and never even begun, but it was, I don't know. At the end of the day. I dot, hate dot, that. If I ever hear that again, when all is said and done, when it's over, at the end of the day became part of the parlance of the, it's go away. That being said, dot, dot, dot. You don't need mm. to say that to say what your response is. Just say it. That being yeah, said, there's also one that isn't on this list that people need to stop doing. To be honest with you, which implies that you usually lie. Yes. Right. Um, I'm asking for a friend. I think that's funny. That <laughs> I can be funny when it's in a meme. Well, it's or obvious something. that you're not. Well, that's the point, though. Everyone oh, knows funny. that you're not. That's that's yeah. the whole point. That's I like, have a know. friend that has this green ooze. Never mind. Like, right. uh, so, so, but what's the best way to get rid of a troublesome boss? Asking for a friend. Yeah. <laughs> Lime and a shovel. Um, circle back has become part of corporate speak. Mm -hmm. God, I don't miss Hate that it. at all. Deep dive. Way overdone. But we all do it, though, I guess. I never hear that, though. Investigate more. Look look deeper into it. Look, but deep well, yeah. dive. We just adopt these two-word things that... Uh, number eight is new normal. Isn't... I mean, is there ever a new normal? And, and the word normal means nothing. Normal, as somebody said, is a setting on the washing machine. 
yeah. normal. <laughs> uh, That's great. This one I don't I don't get. You're on mute. Isn't you're on speaker used more often? I guess if someone's actually being put on speaker, but I guess you're on mute. I haven't heard that in casual conversation. Me but I guess it and means if, I'm ignoring you. Yeah. If, well, if you're well, on a conference yeah. call, though, or some of that nonsense. Well, you can't tell somebody they're on mute because they can't hear you, right? You can tell them and then mute it or to well, right. just yeah. hang yeah, up yeah, yeah. would be my You're my on move. mute. Um, <laughs> or you are mute. I don't know. Uh, supply chain. Okay. I don't I mean, know that's kind how of that's overusable. I, well, uh, supply chain. Supply and demand. I mean, I, I don't know um, what else comes to mind. I'm trying to think of the ones that drive me out of my mind that I try to avoid. Um, craft a freaking email. Uh, craft. I don't <laughs> think that that's really that annoying yet. Um, going forward, I remember the first corporate email back in the old days that a manager that we used to have, a douchebag, uh, when he first used that in an email, and I thought, going forward where? What? Going forward was a corporate thing that somebody adopted that is now pretty much ingrained in the language. Yeah. What am I How missing? How about from Thank now you. on? Yeah. I mean, you're not going to go on. backwards. In, in the yeah. future. In the future. Yeah. From, from here, here on, on out. Yeah. yeah. From here on out. Going forward. Okay. Think of some more because I'm, I'm trying, but. Um, I don't. Oh, shoot. I don't have um, any in mind. And we'll have a hundred come to mind after we go off. Oh, yeah. sure. Uh, exactly. But, uh, or somebody can text them in if they'd like to. 878 what else did I want to run by anybody? Oh, somebody says you you are mute. I hear a lot on Zoom calls. Uh, it's you are it's, mute. It is, and it is what it. Yeah, she she hears it on Zoom calls, and then it is you what it muted? is. You are muted. No, you are mute. I have no idea. I we we don't do Zoom calls, so we don't. You making fun know. of deaf people? I maybe. Uh, it is what it is. Needs to go away. <laughs> she says. I totally agree with that. Oh. I tend to say that it annoys my wife, but it's a fact. I mean, there there are there are some things that just are what they are, and there's no yeah. reason to bitch about it. It is what it is. Somebody says, get on board drives me crazy. Yeah, I hate that crap. Some, Anything okay. involving corporate speak makes me want to vomit from the bottom <laughs> of my feet up. Oh, no. Changing gears and low-hanging fruit. Low-hanging fruit gets on my last effing nerve. Yeah. What does it mean? The easiest to pick? Yes. The the yeah. the ones that are that need to go, I guess. Um and then okay, I'm stupid. In, For, in the weeds. That one also. That's a real ball chapper to me. In the weeds. Well, <laughs> see now that's different in restaurant speak. If you're in the weeds you need help. Run my food out to table four because I'm in the weeds. You gotta have that in restaurant speak. Do you have a job that we don't know about? I did um, in the past. Um, uh, okay, so I'm dumb. Philip says, in a conference call, someone... I'm, I totally spaced on this. In a conference call, when you have yourself muted, they still hear everyone else normally, but you're they can't hear you. Duh. I forgot about that. Well, yeah. So mm -hmm. that's when... Uh, I'm, I'm, on, I'm on meds, and I haven't had breakfast, so I can't think. But uh, you... Uh, fat thing... Oh, yeah. You... You are on mute, fat fingers, and too fast in texting. What? What? I don't know. Oh, fat fingers. I guess when you... Oh, somebody's okay. tired of the term fat finger. You fat fingered something. When you're texting, you texted it wrong because you fat fingered the... Yeah. That's why I talk to my phone. So get on board with talking to your phone. <laughs> talking into your phone when you text. I, and so you I don't fat finger things. I can't do that. You still you, can't. You, you say period, comma, question so? mark. It's so? too much trouble. It I don't is not wanna... too much. No worries. I talk my. <laughs> I'll just circle no back worries. to it later. I... 
I'm gonna start New normal. I'm you're gonna you're st- on mute. I'm gonna start texting stuff like that to you when I text you. Don't. God. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is though, is that when you text and talking to your phone, it's yeah. a book. It's like Jesus woman, <laughs> shut up. Yeah, it sometimes I, takes two or three textings for it to no, actually I'm, come all the I'm, way through. I'm, I'm only sorry. kidding. Does because, it, no, I'm it, only kidding because they're usually vital and they're worthy of reading. But if you took the time to use your thumbs to do that, you'd just pass out from exhaustion. I know. It would take you like three minutes. If I talk to it, it takes me 15 seconds. And it's only trouble and, and, when they don't show up in order. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that your be phone, good. Wes. That's not my problem. No. <laughs> Or was no, that no, the drinking? No, I, 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 it might have, yeah, it might have been that eighth, you know, seltzer crap you drink. But um, <laughs> I don't drink uh, that anymore. Whatever. But um, <laughs> no, I think that it's probably the most convenient way, and in the car, obviously, it's the safest. But in the yeah. car, I just don't do it. I just I'm not going to do it. All right, that's all all I can think of. Um, I'm trying okay, to no this. worries. No worries, man. <laughs> this is Drake Digital. In the world of strangeness, and this really isn't a, a dumbass, it's just a sad thing that happened uh, in Portland, Oregon, uh, late last week. This lady was uh, out on the streets walking around. She stopped, gave birth to a child, somehow cut the cord, and walked away from the kid on a cold day in Jeez. Portland. Uh, oh. The police tracked her down and uh, brought her in to uh, have her checked out because she's obviously having a very difficult time and some people that are just you know good samaritans uh, showed up and took care of this baby and um the mother was in some kind of trauma likely physically and in her head and undergoing a very serious crisis of mental health obviously but what a what a bad scene just to be so uh, out of it that you just Mm -hmm. drop this kid and Mm. just keep walking um, she's getting help and the baby is fine is the good part, but, uh, it's a rough time for people. That's, and that one there just, uh, exhibits the strangeness that is among us. Um, but Wes has some even more unusual stuff, I guess. Roadkill. Now there's an app for that, says the headline. Yes, indeed. This Do is coming. It. Yeah. This is coming from one of those states that tends to have uh, a whole lot of roadkill. That's Wyoming. There's, uh, they're amongst 30 states or so that allow people to collect roadkill for food. And so what they've done is the, the state of Wyoming, uh, either them or the state wildlife and uh, agency, have made this new app that helps people quickly claim accidentally killed deer, elk, moose, wild bison, or wild turkey after documenting the animal and reviewing the rules for uh, collecting the roadkill to eat. And the whole carcass has to be retrieved, but the, the way it basically seems to work and the story had a in-depth look at one example of how this guy made use of it someone hit a mule deer and reported it and then put it on the app and this other guy noticed it popping up on his the app on his phone and so he went and claimed the carcass of this mule deer because it's geotagged so you can go and find it real quickly and yeah, uh, the the guy talked about how he he got it. He sent a sample to make sure it didn't have a disease. And when that came back, he he was going uh, through the process of bleeding it out and cutting it up and getting it prepared to eat because it was still a fresh kill, even though it had been mm. hit by a car or something. Mm-hmm. And this also uh, helps the Wyoming uh, fish and wildlife people because they can keep track of where roadkill happens easier this way. So knowing that, they can decide where they want to install wildlife crossing signs and do whatever else they can do to, it says, reduce critter death. So that's a, a, that's, that's a thing. A, a ad- government term, reduce and, critter yeah. death. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that, that So was... they know where to cross the highway. Right, exactly. Because, <laughs> yeah, because they could read now. Yeah. But there were, last year, about 6,000 animals <laughs> killed uh, on the roads last year. So they're trying to maybe reduce that number and also maybe get the meat to at least some kind of good use. So uh, This story isn't really a dumbass, um, but it is kind of a, a lesson learned. This is from Houston, Texas. A lady was at home this past uh, Friday night. And she was in her bedroom and saw somebody peering in the window. 
I didn't realize there were still peeping Toms that were that dumb in this society and in this day and time when almost everybody has a gun. If you see somebody peering in your window uh, and you have a gun uh, and you're alone and you're a lady or anybody, what's your first reaction? Uh, it was um, at night, about 11 o'clock, and she got scared and she grabbed her rifle. Don't think that girls don't know how to use guns. Right. Uh, she grabbed her <laughs> rifle and fired two shots right through the wall where she thought he was trying to escape. One of those hit the guy right in the torso. He staggered down the driveway and collapsed there dead. The uh, police showed up and there's dude uh, wearing a hoodie laying in the driveway, deceased. Uh, she is cooperating. Doesn't appear that she ever even you know knew this guy. So, so far there are no charges filed. What if we find out there is more to it than that? Wow. And wouldn't it have been really kind of a bad scene if it's somebody that she knew? But wouldn't your friends know that that's not cool ever? Yeah, I, don't, I can't see it, a neighbor or a friend looking in a window. It's a good I way mean, to get shot right in the face. I, I'd be 99% sure if that happened to me that I would not know the person and that I would yeah. freaking call 911 or take the same, you know, maybe not take the same, do the same, have the same reaction, but at least call well, 911. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know if if she overreacted. I, if this guy was a peeping Tom, he got what he deserved. Bye. So, and, the, and the thing don't is, be she, didn't, she didn't shoot through the window where she could see him shot through the wall. Yeah. So she didn't know it was going to hit him. She didn't know it was going to hit him. She shot through her wall. Well, she hit him. Uh, he's yeah. gone. Bye. <laughs> yeah. All right. Who's next? Dumbasses. I got this one from Texas. Police received a call Monday about a masked man holding what appeared to be a bloody knife while walking down a beach in Galveston. This led the, to the arrest of one Mark Metzger. He's a Galveston attorney. He was the one there. He was roaming the beach in a Michael Myers costume. <laughs> nice. Yeah, police determined the blood and the knife were fake, so they just cited him for disorderly conduct and uh, released and let him go, because that's all they could charge him with. And he's going to have to go clear this up. It's not a smart thing to do, but he said that his eccentric actions were just a prank to make people smile and that he was still fuzzy uh, on exactly what was funny. illegal. Uh -huh. Horror icons walking down the beach in this day and time are not going to be... No seen as you know, something no. to make people it's laugh not and giggle funny but no. that's what he wanted to do and he's trying he says help restoring our faith in humanity through uh, humor is 100 percent what i'm about it's been that way my entire life my methods might not work for everyone yeah yeah <laughs> and, but so. i love this quote there at the end though that he says it felt like a scene out of scooby-doo they come and they handcuff me and they pull the mask off and i'm like i would have gotten away with it if not for those meddling karens <laughs> God, unbelievable. All right, Sid. Los Angeles police bomb technicians had a big oops in June, apparently. The 51-page the report from the ATF uh, pretty much lays it out. The technicians went to pick up some illegal fireworks. They overloaded a containment chamber, and that's because uh -oh. that's what they call it when... When they were called to a South L.A. home to go get a huge stash of fireworks right before the 4th of July. Uh, preliminary findings previously said the bomb technicians' errors were likely to blame because they put so much in there, the vessel exploded. Mm. Yeah. Stuff rained down on tons of uh, people's houses and businesses and cars and trucks <laughs> and this neighborhood uh, because they didn't determine they i don't know i guess when you pick up illegal fireworks well they're illegal well all fireworks are made all fireworks probably are made really iffily okay if, i just made up that word right i like that so, yeah, yeah. so, yeah. so yeah. you're you're going to get you're going to get them and confiscate them and take them away well even if you have a small amount and but apparently this was a big amount and uh so anyway they 27 people got injured mm -hmm. uh, and some some of the victims have filed legal, legal claims 
And then yeah. th- this is very sad, but some of the some of the people in their houses are are still displaced, and two elderly residents have since died, and they think it's attributed oh to that. I know, because this wrong. was a big explosion. So mm. um, that ain't good. No. Uh, this story is uh, kind of similar to the one that uh, Wes had, except it is uh, for real. It is a grisly uh, horror movie kind of a scene. And this is has not yet been... They, they just cannot figure this out. Picture a cornfield in Wisconsin. There is right. a black SUV sitting there just by itself. And somebody called the sheriff's office because it looked to, it looked to be uh, abandoned and they couldn't see inside. So uh, the police walk up on this. Four bodies were found in this black SUV, uh, all sitting up in the car. Uh, two men and two women who'd been shot in the head less than 24 hours before. They have no idea what the motive could be who the people are, and they can't find anything that links these four people to the community. A, a farmer uh, found the SUV, called 911, and that there were four people in this in this car that were not moving. A uh, few details have been released, uh, but people are just asking around if uh, the car had uh, tags on it from out of state, and there were young people a brother and a sister, they have determined that. And one was a boyfriend of one of the other victims. But they killed these people and put them in this SUV and drove it to a cornfield and left it. That makes a statement, I think, of some uh, kind. Yeah. That's a little bit intense. Um, golly, man. Mm. So um, that's not really good. This is Drake Digital.